Hello, my name's Gregory Wilker. Thank you for listening to my podcast, Live with Greg. Today is November 17th, 2019, and last night I learned that my podcast had way exceeded the resources I have to keep it alive as a video podcast. So I am actively working to move it to an audio podcast. The video is still available on my website, gregorywoker.com, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Live with Greg. Thanks for your support. of Live With Greg. I don't forget which episode it is, but this, if you approve it, will go live May 11th. So if you've approved it, today's May 11th. No, it isn't. Whatever. And I'm here with my nephew, Nate. How's it going, Nate? <laughs> it's going well. Right. It's going good. Um, yeah, it's going good. Too early to tell. Right. Final answer. <laughs> you sure you don't want to call a friend? Yeah. Go over the water quick. <laughs> it didn't take me long. <laughs> um, Alright, so um, you consider yourself addicted to drugs? I have been an addict for... I had the number last night, but... Being the addict I am, I think it's 20, 22 years or something, 23 years, something in that range, 22 to 23. Let's see, I'm 37 now, 14, 20 is 14, 23 years. 23 years, I have habitually, almost on a daily, done something. For the past nine years, I've been addicted to opiates, um, which is a whole other monster. You know, That's not marijuana, that's not methamphetamine even. It's not alcohol. Although those, you know, not to say those are like good drugs to be addicted to, but this one is like, this one is really, um, that chemical, that physical dependency is a whole other monster. So, um, on the good, on the flip side, I have gone from very little every day to like crazy amounts to heroin to back to decent amounts. And I'm currently at a pretty manageable low amount where I like really want to get high still because I don't really feel high a lot <laughs> um, and that's been going on for months for months it's been close to nine months since I've been down in Nevada so it's been like seven months since I've been doing not very much at all like maybe a, a fourth or a fifth of what I was doing before I came down here which was smoking heroin every day which I don't recommend to anyone, ever. <laughs> it's the devil. It's the devil. That's where I'm at with my addiction. And if it wasn't opiates, it would be probably something else. If I ever if I, if I, ever stop taking opiates altogether and go through the months of, you know, feeling emotions and doing all that kind of stuff again, which in some way I am a little bit now, but until you really get clean, until you really am off all that stuff, because I've had a couple experiences with that, it's not the same. It's a. Uh, it's it's bullshit. Really, it's bullshit. Like you're either not doing drugs or you are. Um, they, I'd be I'd be smoking weed or alcohol. Probably doing something else to 
take the edge off. Most likely, I would be doing something else. That's, yeah, that's just the only way I've ever really coped with uh, life, you know? As soon as I discovered there was something to take you away right away magically, I thought, yeah, this is great. <laughs> Why doesn't everyone do this? This is amazing, you know? <laughs> this is amazing. Started with pot, and then it went to, it was a long time, it was just pot. Pot was great. Pot was amazing. And it was my best friend. And then it started letting me down, and I started getting paranoid from it. And it got, I think it was the potency, maybe, or something. I don't know. It started really fucking me up. And uh, I discovered methamphetamine, which was, uh, which was great. It was really fun, too, until that started killing me. And, you know, I ended up in jail twice. Only two times I've been in jail was from, from that. So I stopped doing that. And then I discovered the uh, the opiates. Actually, before that, I had a brief love affair with the benzos, the, the calm down ones. And it was the only time in my adult life that I can remember walking down the street and not feeling that fist of anxiety in the pit of my stomach. Um, but those got really bad, and I realized I was completely addicted to those, and the withdrawal was horrible. So I got off those permanently, which was really hard, but I did it. Um, it was easier to do it than not to do it, so it wasn't that hard. And then I discovered little Vicodin pain pills, the little 500 milligram Skittles, you know. They're laughed at now in the serious drug user circles because they're, they're you know, it's it's like, a, it's, it's not very, it's not a lot, okay. It's like, it's like a little butt of a cigarette when you want to hold one. Um, and that, of course, you know, your tolerance grows. And, and, and I think it was two or three years that I was doing it before I even realized, holy shit, I'm a full-blown addict. I need more and more all the time. I've lost a lot of stuff because of this. I have no goals anymore. I give two shits about anything. I just, I float around and, and look for drugs. And I, don't, I was always working, but working was just really to get money to, to pay my rent and buy drugs. That was it. There was no saving up for a car or going for a trip or any, any of that, what you sober people do. <laughs> and then, and then that, of course, the pills got too expensive, um, for a number of reasons. And then heroin, which is really no cheaper, but it's stronger. So I started smoking that and I was doing that for about four or five months. Um, and then I moved down here to Marin, uh, to Nevada. Um, I think mainly and directly, the only reason I think was to help my, my, my mom to, to raise the nephews, my nephews, her grandchildren. She called me up one day and said, hey, Erin is moving back to Grass Valley. She's, that's my sister. She's going to try to get shit together up there. Uh, in the meantime, her boys, she has two, two boys, Brendan and Jackson. Uh, Brendan just turned 10, had a great birthday for him, and Jackson is nine. Um, but they're going to stay back with grandma while she gets her stuff going. Came back to Novato. And uh, the first couple months was crazy difficult, you know, like raising, not by myself, but, but helping to raise uh, children was like not in my comfort zone or wheelhouse. You know, it was fun being an uncle. I, I've been there every day of their life since they were born. I watched them be born. I've loved them to death forever. They, they mean the world to me. I think I love them more than just about anything in the world, which is beautiful. And it's probably one of the things that keeps me from going crazy with, with addiction. Um, it's great. It, they're, they're, they're amazing. But it's really, you know, you know, you have three children of your own. It's fucking difficult work. Um, and anyway, so I, I'm kind of rambling now, but, but so where I'm at right now with addiction, what I think of addiction and all that, uh, where I'm at with addiction right now is a very, very small amount of Suboxone each day. 
that's kind of all I can get a hold of. It's all I think I maybe it's all I want. Even that's not all I want. No, I want giant balls of heroin. <laughs> to be honest, that's what I want. I want just a, you know to take a heroin bath. But that's totally unrealistic. And I do I do consciously make make an effort to no I do consciously make sure that I'm always there enough to be um, potent in their life. Uh, they, I live with them, they live with me. So they don't see me nodding out. They don't see me... They've never even really seen me fucked up, to be honest. I've never put them in that situation. Um, so I, I certainly maintain. Uh, you, couldn't, you wouldn't tell the difference. Um, they never know if I'm high or not high. There's no what's wrong with Nate. There's no what's going on, why is he being like this? Like, I, I, I do maintain. And I've made a promise to myself not to expose them to the, to the dark side of that. And if I am going to do that, it'll be away from them in a hotel or with my other friends or something. Um, yeah, that's that's that. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that. And that's all I got to say about that. Yeah. Um, so just just to clarify something really quick for our for our viewers. <laughs> All three of them. <laughs> uh, like, well, uh, ha have I lost? Have I missed out on so much? You know, um, is this a call? Is this some cry for help? Or, or are all addicts crying for help? Or if only they could stop doing something, would they would, would they find happiness? And would, would everything be so much different? Would it be a whole other world for them? <clears throat> does uh, does using um, Automatically imply that that it's 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 a terrible situation. Like we all, we we know about the functional addicts, and we know about those who 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 aren't even really functional, but you can still make an argument that they're enjoying life, or they may even be better off that way. Um, you know, if George W. Bush had 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 continued using cocaine and drinking, we may not have had the Iraq War or something. So you know, hypotheticals are kind of silly. What we do have right now is is a terrible terrible crisis with, with drugs in the country opiates for the most part and benzos now too everyone likes the Xanax um, my, I guess this is more about me though right mm -hmm. my, okay so like my, with my my own experience with addiction is that I, I don't have a lot of sober time to uh, to support any argument that, that off the drugs would be better or worse for me um, excuse me I don't have much evidence that this, yeah I guess either way I guess either way I, I've had a couple bouts with sobriety. Um, I was like the same fucking person, you know. I think some of my problems are are systemic. Uh, well, if, you can, if I could use that word, they're, they're institutionalized almost. They're, they're they're almost part of my 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 code, my DNA. Um, simple stuff, uh, you know, from a lack of parenting and discipline. Um, uh, my own Im immature, my immatureness, my, my my emotional IQ is while it's very high, uh, it's it's I, I I can't deal with them. You know, I can explain all day why people and why I do things, but it doesn't mean I can manage them or, or deal with them. So I, I I I'm not really an adult when it comes to emotions because you it really does stop you de developing. I think most drugs keep you from developing emotionally. Um, so there's some serious setbacks. What I have experienced. Uh, and why I went to drugs in the first place was my, my lack of coping skills or the coping skills I had simply weren't good enough to deal with uh, everyday problems. Um, whether it's just the way I am or, you know, nurture nature, I don't know which one it was, my environment or, or, or 
that, you know, that, that I'm, I'm Jewish on my father's side, so I could just be that classic neurotic Jew, you know? My father's side of the family, almost all the dudes, men, died in their early 50s or mid-50s of what they think are stress-induced, they thought were stress-induced heart attacks. So maybe I, I'm just dealing with that or whatever. Um, didn't have a lot of parenting when I grew up, you know? My mom was kind of here and there and everywhere, um, who's dealt with her own drug issues herself. So, you know, I think we're visual learners. We're very much so visual learners. And I, I kind of saw that that was okay to, to do drugs or at least knew about it or something. Like, it, whatever. Anyway, I'm, I'm rambling. To get back to my where I was, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I'm not making a case for, for my drug use. I'm not excusing it or saying, it's, I, or saying I need it. But what I have experienced is that I, 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 I've seen numerous doctors about my social anxiety and at its worst, it was crippling. And I was hospitalized because of it. Not institution or anything, but I've been to the ER a couple times with stroke-level blood pressure. And one time, all my extremities were freezing up, and they were freaking out. And, and it was all psychological, for the most part. So I do have this serious, serious panic attack disorder and social anxiety, which has gotten better over the years. Um, but who knows? It's always been married with drugs. You know, I've always found what's what, what works for me at the time, so I can go out. Um, and I go out very little. So bottom line, what I'm getting at, I'm rambling, 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 is that um, I wonder if maybe I just will be using something for the rest of my life, and I'll have to attempt to maximize my happiness and, and my productivity, whatever I find, whatever I think is going to be worth doing in this life with drugs part of the equation. Something like that. You know, or it's a huge cop-out. You know, if you're not going to say it, I will. It's a huge cop-out, uh, you know, to say, well, this is who I am and i got to do this. You know, sorry. And, and not, not really give the sober thing a try. You know, because that's a lot of work. I hate work. <laughs> I hate work. You know. Um, my good friend Steve Hogue said, if you had gone the straight and narrow way and been truly invested in yourself, and you'd be, probably be working more, uh, maybe even have a career, and wouldn't have that time to give to the nephews like I'm doing right now. And I thought, that's beautiful, thank you. You know, that kind of made me feel decent about my position. But, you know, it's also, it's, you know, it's like some homeless person being at the right place at the right time. You know, well, thank God I was homeless or this wouldn't have happened, you know. I think to maximize your potential, um, you want to have a pretty clear brain and, and, and not be dependent on some chemical substance that you can get and sometimes can't get or it's difficult to get. Uh, that does trigger the dopamine release and make you think you just did something worth doing when really you just did nothing. Um, so if I had to write a paper or if I had to take a position in some debate, I would say drugs are bad <laughs> and you shouldn't do them, <laughs> you know, that's, that's what I would do. Cue music. <laughs> right. Your veins are sticking out? No, you look, you look. Okay. All right, cool. I have a blood pressure issue too sometimes, so... You're feeling a little warm under the collar, right? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. Just because it's, it's. I don't talk about it. This, I don't talk about my addiction at length like this very much, you know. And you're someone I, I, I admire and respect a lot. That's honest, and that's honest. <laughs> like it's not like it's normally not. The rest of this was just was all bullshit. <laughs> but you, you're a cool guy. 
<laughs> I know I have a good friend who goes, but seriously, like, are you bullshitting the rest of the time? Mm-hmm. You know? Or, know. or that's my opinion. You know, like, I hope it is. Anyway, um, it, so yeah, so it, I, I love and respect you. You've always been so great to me. So, you know, talking about what I could be doing and I'm not is always difficult. I don't have a problem with it with a lot of people, but um, yeah, so that, that's that's tough. I, I stay away usually as much as I can from the emotionally um, difficult uh, topics because I'm just I I don't have the you know I don't have the tools to deal with them very well. I I shy away from them as, mo- as best I can, as fast as I can. You know, it's, it's difficult when you're trying to, to if you're trying to solve those problems. It's tough. You know, like you should probably be understanding the problem before you address it or try to act on it. Um, yeah. Lap in the fast lane. <laughs> How much that. time do you think you'd have to give the sobriety to know scientifically if it was a wiser choice or not? Maybe years? Probably years. I think years. Because I think I think probably not just me. I, I've heard this, you know, from uh, professionals and stuff. You need to you need to like go through all these different steps. You know, like you're basically ca- you're trying to catch up on 20 years of, of life. And if you think six months is going to do it, um, like you may be kidding yourself. Maybe that may not be enough time. When I did six months in 2010, I went to South City and I was working there with my friend, and uh, I did six months sober. Like I had a beer every other night or something like a beer I, w- I wouldn't get drunk because I, I can't drink very much um, and I was that was it I was just sober and at the end of the six months I had, I had I had a chance to stay clean and stay away from the scene or go back to it and I chose to go back to it because I thought this was wasn't all that great like nothing's really changed I'm still a lazy piece of shit I don't make good plans I don't commit I don't follow through I've got all these problems I haven't dealt with um, this is bullshit you know so maybe like two or three years probably and like to have a, and you need a plan during that like a serious plan like a career or so, whatever whatever the fuck you're going to do you got to be serious about it and you got to want to do it like I've so I've, I haven't wanted to do anything in so long I have no such appetites for any any of these I have all my all my friends are sober my real friends are sober I have drug acquaintances my good group of friends that I grew up with are all sober all college educated um all losers for the most part. None of us can get anything going, sober or high. Um, and they have all these ambitions. Like they give shit. They they care about this thing in their car, and they want to do this with that. And their and the language they use with certain you know games they play and stuff. Like they really care about all this stuff. And I just you know sober or high, I've never cared about this shit. Um, like you don't need drugs to be a fuck up, right? You don't need drugs to not. And, no, okay. I, I was just thinking I'm living proof Stop of that. it. No, you're just the fucking opposite. I, it, not at all. I, uh, you don't need no, to. I think I'm just, you know, I think there's, I'm honest in saying that. Yeah. I have, what, 30 years of sobriety for the most part, 25 years at least. I think I'm a fuck up. I would love to argue the flip side of that position. All right. Well, let's, yeah. let's stay on this. Yes. Yeah. Um, of course, compared to me, no one's a fucker, right? Like anyone's doing great. But no, relatively speaking, I think I think you're awesome. But that's irrelevant, right? But yeah, so back to, you don't need to have drugs to, to not be everything you want it to be. Right? Yes. That's, there you go. That's a 
perfect definition of a fuck up. Thank you. <laughs> and by that definition, that's how I'm defining myself as a fuck up. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, now, is that just another cop out for the whole, for the drug user? You know, like, well, I could be just as bad sober as well. I don't know. I don't know if that's, if that's that what, I, yeah, I, I don't know because I've never really experienced it long enough. So who knows? Um, I have no plans to get fully sober. Um, it's just n- nothing I think about very, very much. Um, I usually don't think more than a couple days in advance, maybe a week or something. Um, and I do worry now and then. There is a worry in the back of my mind that one day I will be in this impossible situation where um, either my companion, my partner, is, is no longer, we're no longer together. Um, the house is in my name. I get it when he, when he passes away, but that's that hasn't happened. There's no guarantee of that, that it ever will happen. Um, so nothing's permanent or anything. And I, I've, I, you know, I've invested so little in my future, which is so typical of drug addicts. Like there's definitely a correlation between drug use and not, uh, planning for the future. That kind of worries me. Aunt Katie, Katie was like, Nate, you got to do something because you're going to be like 50 something or 60 soon. And you can have shit. And I remember at the time I was like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, that's just some hypothetical maybe what if in the future, but yeah. I've reached a bunch of those moments now where I'm like, whoa, I am 30, I am mean, 30, I'm almost 40. And it, yeah, that keeps that keeps going for sure. And, and I still don't prepare, I don't. So drugs in that sense may be really bad for me, may, may be fucking me up. Um, that sucks, no, what are you gonna do? I wish my penis was bigger. <laughs> So you're equating drug addiction to the biological fact of your penis size. I have a good friend. I won't. I won't say his name. Um, uh, back in the day, him and I, um, although I'm homosexual for the most part, I slept with some girls, and we we slept with a girl together at the same time once. And he's he's a gorgeous guy. He's really good looking. But he has, he has the, I mean, it's like micro penis. Like absolutely, it's so tiny. It's so tiny. And I talked to him about it honestly one day, and I and I and, or he talked to me about it. Excuse me. And he goes, you know, Nate, I really think my drug use is because of my small penis. And I went, okay, you know, like, like I didn't, like, good for you. Like, that's, you know, you can't change it, so you better find another reason to, to do or quit drugs because that's, that's one of those things you can't change. Um, but I, I, it instantly brought me to my own sexuality and how quickly I turned to drugs to get away from that. Um, or excuse me, to not deal with that. You know, we are evolved primates. We're mammals. We're monkeys. And and as much as we'd love to get away from the the, the sex and and you know ass and dick and boobs and all that, that dominates a lot of you know people's thinking. Uh, a lot of their energy is devoted to getting your dick into a pussy or, or vice versa or whatever. So that's serious shit. And when you're and when yours isn't the normal, when yours is kind of weird and different, and you can even be you know ostracized or made fun of or or whatever. If you don't feel comfortable within your own sexuality, you, you know that's that's a motherfucker. You know that's something that I hope no one has to deal with. I would never wish it on anybody. Um, that's fucked me up big time. You know, I almost see the drugs in a way as like as, as a sideshow. I still haven't dealt with the original. You know, like I can't. I can barely kiss my boyfriend in public. I have the hardest time showing any affection to him, and um, I have a lot of issues with that still. It's gotten better over time, but yeah. So I, I, in a way, I am like you know, I, I not. A, it's not the same thing, but but uh, why people use drugs? I think uh, the statistics don't lie. The the, the teenage heroin uh, population on the streets 
a lot of them are queer, a lot of them are gay, queer, whatever word we, we can use now. A lot of them are not heterosexual, normal, you know, they're, they're gay. And, uh, and that's, yeah, and especially with opiates, because opiates kills your sex drive. It absolutely kills your sex drive. Like, I haven't been horny in forever, you know, honestly. I was a little bit the other day, because I didn't, I, I, it was like a gap in my drug use, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is weird. Uh, so, yeah, sexuality and drug use, um, you know, abuse as a child, um, neglect, emotional neglect, that's a big one. You got beat up by your, by your father, you said, a few times. Oh, it's yeah. just about you. Yeah, no, no, Sorry. no, no, no. I, I'm just considering your question, and so I can answer it honestly. I would say, yes, I was beat up a few times growing up by my father. Um, and you, you familiar with like the emotional neglect? I'm sure. No, I've never heard of it. Yeah, no, I. Let me tell you about it. Wait here, let me. Um, That's why I'm not the interviewer. <laughs> my relationship with my father was really clean when he passed away. And I know my father isn't the person who hit me. Mm, gotcha. That's beautiful. That's really nice. Um... Do you think any of your early drug use? And you never seemed like the addict. You never came off as an addict. I don't think you ever were a serious drug addict. You were maybe a little different, but I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I, I cannot offend people. I have the hardest time being sincere with people. I have. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. You I seem really sincere right now. Thank you. I just like the, the second I think I've offended anyone, I will take. I will retract everything I've just said. I'll change my entire position. Pretend I don't even think that way. Do you think maybe some of your um, having fun with drugs had to do with with uh, whatever emotional baggage and whatnot stuff like that? Your childhood, not the best childhood. I have equated my drug use with my parents not being involved in my life. The way I wish they were. Um, I also, when I say that, I pull up instances from the past to prove that statement. I can also pull up instances that prove they were involved in my life. So, for me, there's a bottom line element of... Um, I can prove and disprove that statement. My parents were not emotionally supportive and involved in my life. Right. So if it can be proven and disproved, it kind of negates the statement as a fact. Right. Right. So then I pull the responsibility of drug use back to me. It was my choice. I chose to do it. And... Right now, as I talk with you, the why doesn't matter so much. What's more important is why I choose sobriety. And a simple answer to that is you spoke earlier of 
how you equated some of your choice of using drugs to what was modeled for you by your parents. You've also acknowledged that you are a parental person in your nephew's lives. If your nephews are using drugs 10 years from now, how responsible are you for that choice? If I'm even slightly responsible, I would feel terrible. You've said you are slightly responsible. You've given you've you've given some of the reasons you're doing drugs to your mom and father. Oh, except except it's it's kind of I'm in the closet with my drug use with them. They know I'm gay. They know I'm this. They know I'm that. You think it's did you no did matter you, what they're going to know? When you were ten years old, were your mom and dad saying, "Hey, Nate, we're doing drugs"? They would do it in front of me. <laughs> yeah. And then the moment of that rehab, so it was kind of everyone knew. But that's I, I think I think you, you may it doesn't matter. I think they will know eventually anyway. I think they know. I think people they probably know, know everything. I, yeah. I think that's part of our DNA. We we know what's going on. They they look at me sometimes and they give me a look like, "What's your story, dude? <laughs> like, what's up with you?" Like, and sometimes I, maybe I'm just seeing that, but I think I think you're right. I think if they if they if they reach adulthood if they reach eighteen, once they're eighteen, I can do whatever I want. That's what I've told myself. Unless their parents really get their shit together and, and take them back and love them and do half as good as I'm doing, which isn't super great. I'm not financially responsible for them, but emotionally and everything else, I, I'm trying to give them everything I didn't have, you know, which was everything. Um, but but if they reach eighteen and they're unaware of my habitual drug use, that would be like a miracle. They like that would be ridiculously impressive on my part and everyone else like they will know they will know so the one person in their life that gave two shits about them to sit down and actually talk to them for half an hour um, which I should need to do more of still was a drug user is that not a green light for them to go ahead and do it themselves like well Nate was the only cool thing we had for a while and he did it I don't mean to toot my own horn or anything but their parents are making it easy for me right now Liam does a good job, though. Liam's doing way better. My brother, with Mason, um, he's doing great. That's great to see. I'm losing Mason, though. Like I was his dude. I was his bro. I was his best friend. Now Daddy's kicking ass again, and I can see him. Of course, he's gonna go to his dad, you know. But I see him like spending more time with Liam, and of course, I celebrate that. And I'm like, oh, thank God, Liam's stepping up. He's doing great. I love it. This is just what he needs. But I, I miss that, you know. I miss being special with someone in that way. I still am, I guess. But yeah, that's, you know, fuck. Now I'm, now I'm at these, you know, this moral crossroads. You know, how much do I really care about them? Enough to, enough to, to not, you know, worry about endangering, obviously not enough to quit my own drug use. You know, it's easy to say you love someone, but actions, actions speak a lot louder than words. Fuck, that's terrible, dude. Why did we do this? <laughs> and you've said to me, that scientifically speaking, for you to really, for you to really be in the process of sobriety, it's a commitment of years. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert either, and I agree with you. Nice. I, I I am still in the process of sobriety. Would two Jews agree on something? That's gospel, dude. 
Right. Well, geez, man, I like I had planned to come here and have this conversation and be uh, and be pretty sure that I was going to be able to leave without having to do you know anything to make any changes. But yeah, wow. What about you know now? Now it's like now this is splitting hairs or something. What? You don't have to do anything. True. Are you about to justify your drug use? No, no. Oh, what, just now? No, I was saying, what if, what if I could re- reach some compromise? I was about to justify my drug use. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to do. But what if I'm only doing this little amount? Fuck, no, you're absolutely right. Um, what if I was to get a prescription from a doctor? Ask Michael Jackson. Ask yeah. Prince. Did you hear the? Did you hear his last call? Michael Jackson's to his to his friend. So they're gonna kill me. They want me dead. They may try to make it look like I overdosed on drugs. Like I'm not the big conspiracy guy, but I'm like, damn, that's Michael Jackson. It's gotta be Michael, or it's the best actor I've ever heard. All right, anyway, deflecting. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, he was so good, man. I found this mix of him dancing. He's fucking incredible. <clears throat> um, yeah, right, right. Drugs are drugs. What about coffee? Drink it religiously. I do. Because you're okay with... with, with uh, You're okay with your children who will be adults soon or are adults soon or are adults uh, drinking coffee. That's something you can I live am with. okay with that. You yeah, in with. fact, I look forward to perhaps a day when we're hanging out in a cafe having a cup of coffee again. And... I can, as I'm saying that to you, I can feel a part of my energy. It's not a hundred percent clean statement. Right, right, right on. And and, and here I am trying to find something that I can, you know, I can weasel out of by finding other drugs that we all do that are okay. I don't think coffee has the same potential to lead to other things, like like marijuana does, like real psychotropic drugs. Caffeine's fun, but you know, it's not the same as, 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 as pills or even marijuana. As much as I'd love to defend marijuana, you know, marijuana was, it fucked me up, man. I completely, I just checked out. I just checked out and I think I stopped right there with the marijuana. So yeah, a lot of people do it and they, and they, and they, and they get off of it and they go on and live a great life or smoke it for the rest of their life and have a great life. But those who are troubled don't have good coping skills and had a really rough upbringing it may not be the, the best thing for you you know so yeah shit no I don't want them to do drugs I wonder if part of myself has already given up like they're gonna they're gonna probably do drugs they're probably gonna be fucked up like don't kid yourself Nate you're not gonna save them you know do the best you can to, to help them and whatnot. but they're gonna they're, you know they're most likely gonna do what they're gonna do no matter what but that's you know that's also bullshit well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to continue doing my really low dose of drugs. And they never see me take a, a strip. It's not a pill. It's in a strip form. You put it under your tongue. They never see me take a strip. They never, they can't tell when I'm on the strips, obviously. I can't tell when I'm on the strips. Um, and, uh, and I will be, I will, I will be more than, I'll be, I'll be more aware of, you know, talking about it 
whatever. They, they, they need not be involved in any of that. In any of that. But I'm not going to kid myself either and say I'm going to quit altogether. If I tried quitting right now, I don't know if I could be there for him for a while. I don't know if I could deal with my own sobriety and, and be serious, take that seriously, and, and have the welfare uh, of three children in my, in my charge. That seems unrealistic to me, to be honest, whether I wanted to or not. So it's possible. You are happy with that? I'm happy. With, I, I am happy with You're that. happy like, okay, I just justified keeping the status quo. I'm good with that. We're good. Well, I, I think what you're saying is, is something I seriously need to think about more. And I'm not going to make any decision right now talking to you. I think that's probably more realistic. I think that's wise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's not a cop-out. Like, I, yeah. Like if you're going to do it, you're going to do it seriously. Exactly. If you make that commitment, yes. you know you've got a year, years. Yeah. You've got years of commitment. Yeah. You have some experience of what you will be bringing into your life. Yes. I think if I went, I think if anyone goes at it willy nilly, half assed, then you're just gonna you're gonna fail again. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna do it. You're not, and then nobody wins. You know. What you just said, yes, you're gonna do it. I'm gonna take it seriously. Right. Absolutely. Remember, um, of course you remember uh, Grandpa Bluebird, whatever they called him. You probably didn't meet, see him a lot actually, because that wasn't oh, was the hall. gentleman in Florida. Yes, exactly. With right. Bluebird. Yeah, I met him a couple times. He he, uh, him and I would talk on the phone a lot, and uh, he would read me poetry and stuff. He was great. He was um, he was a cool mentor, you know. Anyway, he said to me once, because um, we would talk about my drug addiction, and he never really gave two shits about it. Like he, He's like, look, I'm 80-something years old. <laughs> like I'd rather just have a nice conversation. Good luck with all that. And he, he didn't really know much about it. But he would say, you're not ready. You're not going to change until you're ready. And when you're ready, you've already changed. You know, And that one has stuck with me for a long time. I like that one. It's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. Um Yeah, I think that's about that's about that on that one on drug on drug use and drug addiction. Um, now, if Would you like some more water, I'd love some more water. But so yeah, take a little break. No, we're rolling. <laughs> You're this as fast as I can. So we just lost half our audience. <laughs> Uh, if anything changes, uh, let's say, because my mom is kind of fi- uh, the financier of this uh, Help the Nephews project, if she died tomorrow, then I think I would have to reevaluate everything. And I would have to really start looking at my life and, and have to take my decisions seriously and really be aware of the consequences and all that. That would be like a, a game changer, you know? No more internet, no more free cable, no more free internet, you know? Um, there's always food in the fridge magically. That's real nice. Yeah, that one will change. And then, you know, fuck, like, if the parents, I don't know how they would do it. Like, I, I'm terrified of them, of us losing our situation right now because it's the only stability some of those kids have known their entire life. The only stability they've known. And it's, that's like heartbreaking, dude. 
and I see their behavior and I see what's going so anyway so I pray to the God I don't believe in that it's that it stays that way you know it has to stay that way um, yeah yeah that's that how are you I'm alright yeah you are <laughs> thanks is there anything more you want to talk about um <laughs> is it only 1.30? Or is that 2.30? It's 1.30. 1.30. I wore this to look cool. I don't <laughs> barely tell time. Matches your shirt. I know, right? And the shoes, the little brownish. Great, gray's tough. Gray fucks everything up. Gray doesn't go with anything. And you can't wear gray, gray with gray. Gray goes with everything. Is that what it is? I, I, As for being gay, I got none of the fashion sense. I'm, I'm like the worst. My gay friends say I'm the worst gay they've ever met. Um. Anyway. <laughs> Well, I kind of I, I thought about I thought about talking a little bit about um, uh, the lack of objectivity in in, in, uh, in everything. Basically, it's not. I was going to say you know mainstream media or, or, or this and that, but there, there, I mean there is just this. And talking to talking to talking to older people who have experienced firsthand uh, a time in this country when it was not like this, that the polarization. The divisiveness, the the, the tribalness—it's um, fucking crazy. <laughs> I think that that's not real. This country has a in its history a civil war. Ouch! Nothing's really changed. I think the human process is a process that's been going on since humanity was on this planet. You know, for lack of any better source of history, look at the Bible for me, just as a history book. The two brothers, one killed the other because he got jealous. Why is his smoke going up and mine's not? Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> then mom and dad got mad. What the fuck did you do? You just killed our son? You're out of here. Not much has changed, huh? This is nothing it's a, it's a process. It's a process. Now, I believe, I deeply believe that all human beings are all human beings and you look at the very best of humanity that you personally admire you are capable of that you look at the very worst of humanity that horrifies you and makes you wretch you are capable of that don't kid yourself and every choice we make is a movement in one of those directions do you do you think um I think that was really great what you just said. I really do. Yeah, no, seriously, that was great. You have a great. I, I my, my, the crowd I talk to, my, my, my folks, my people are very this or that about it. You know, you're, you're, you're with us, or you're against us. You know, you give a shit or you don't, and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, calm down, people. This is, it's nothing new. This is, this is, you know, go ahead and waste half your day thinking you've got some fucking solution. Go mail your senator. You know, go do it. You told me I like what. You, what? I'm for. 
mailing your senator. Well, that's, that's, that's action. action. Exactly. He, I like what you told me the other day that, that Healy, um, uh, the healer, Michael Healy, is that his name? Uh, the healer. The healer. He, he's great. He, uh, he, 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 you know, he put his money where it's not. He really went out there, door to door for Bernie and whatnot. And uh, anything short of that is, you know, good for you. Like, if you're doing it to come off intelligent or to, 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 to pretend you give a shit, if you think you're supporting one, you know, position or, or whatever is going to translate into something really happening or affecting people's lives, then that's just lazy thinking. That's, that's good. Uh, I, I did have a question though for you. Do you think um, do you think as citizens of a um, we're not a democracy? A lot of people think we are. We're not a democracy. We're a constitutional republic or some variant of that democratic constitutional republic. The founding fathers didn't like democracy. You know, if you if you were white and you owned land, you could vote. Otherwise, like you're just along for the ride. <laughs> do you think as the defenders or the inheritors of this beautiful experiment? that kicked a lot of ass for a long time. Um, we are obligated to uh, inform ourselves the best we can, or a little bit, or something. Or, you know, I mean, yeah, what am I asking? Is there a certain amount of energy one must devote to uh, politics, social issues, you know, understanding the, the issues and, 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 the, and the candidates? Um, or can you do just as much good for the cause being completely divorced from it and doing your thing elsewhere, you know? Without corporations, we're all fucked, you know? I know corporations are evil and terrible, but a lot of us work for them. They pay a lot of taxes and they make some cool shit. Um, if those guys were interested only in politics, then, you know, the economy's important. So, you know, here's, here's let me answer, but forget that. Let me say something really quick. Then it's your turn. Maybe... This is this is like this covers everything. It takes all kinds of kinds. It takes all sorts of people. We need the drug addicts, the entrepreneurs, the, the politicians, uh, even religion. I need all that kind of stuff. We may need religion now more than ever. I've been thinking a lot lately. So uh, you know, like no, no politics and being engaged and, and, and being informed and giving a shit isn't for everyone, and it shouldn't be. It can't be. It shouldn't be, and it isn't. And that's just fine. Um. I'm like arguing with myself. You know, every time I say something, I'm like, no, no, no. And I also like what you just said. Notice how I went straight to politics after our talk about addiction. I, I've, I've, got about, I've got about as far away from myself as I can, right? Right after um, having to, to be emotionally vulnerable and feel a little nervous and stuff. Um, you know, Ayn Rand, the Atlas Shrugged author... Fuck everyone, just do for yourself. And that's actually the best way you can help other people is to invest in yourself 100%. Um, there may be something to that. It, it doesn't have to be so evil and, and selfish. You know, A lot of people just get nauseated when they hear the word Henrian. But there may be something to that. Just invest in yourself as much as you can and put yourself in a position to be able to make the most change somewhere down the road. Um, and, that's all, and that's all you can do. I wonder how much of my interest in geopolitics and that kind of stuff and politics is just a distraction. You know, it's the only thing that I feel may have some real weight to it, may be really important, because my own life is, is somewhat lacking in adventure, and I'm, I'm of little account when it comes to 
making money or inventing stuff or building whatever. Like I haven't done a lot myself, so I live vicariously through the you know lives of politicians and stuff like that. I don't think so. Not, not right enough for me. I was practicing to sit in silence and just make eye contact. It's so hard, man. I have a hard enough time sitting here not looking at you in the eye. And then when you do that, it's like, it's, it's tough. Very tough. But it's a good exercise, I think. It's very good. You want to give it a shot? Just sitting in silence? Yeah. Staring? Yeah. No. <laughs> nope. I have bad blood pressure. I don't want to, you know, seriously, I don't want to. I don't want to die here. My heart burst. Yeah. yeah. The last episode before I went to jail. <laughs> Anything you want to talk about? I'm good. I think I'm good. Right. I really enjoyed this. Cool. I really enjoyed this. This okay. was great. This morning I thought about how can I get out of this. <laughs> First thought of my mind, dude, how can I get out of this? It's got to be. It's got to be legit. You know, like, don't give him some bullshit. He'll see right through it. And I realized no matter what I tell you, it'll be bullshit, and you'd see right through it. And even if it was legit, I still bailed. <laughs> After the hashtag commit and all that. It's like. That's what fascinates me in this life. Is how well we justify our actions. Right or wrong. There was a scientist. um, I wish I knew his name. He did a study. And the study suggested that the majority of us, if not all of us, are pretty much unaware of what we're doing right in the moment. And then milliseconds after that, we come up with our theory as to why we did it, and we believe it. Yeah. You know, I think there's some of us um, that are a little more present. That's a popular word these days, and, and probably are a little more aware of what they're doing. There's a spectrum, I guess. There's probably a spectrum. But what he's saying is down at the at the you know, I don't know the language of this, um, but down at the real uh, the, the minutia the the, the, the at the bottom floor of, of the of the whole mechanism of thoughts and actions and kind of stuff, um, you, you can never truly be a hundred percent certain of why you're doing anything, you know, unless maybe you studied it for like five years and then finally made a decision on it. But yeah, I mean, how how much of everything we do all day is justifying the decisions we make? Is that that was what you said you were really interested in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And how and I know from per, I know personally I am constantly reverse engineering my strategy and saying well I did this because of this but in reality I figured out that's that's a good reason to do it after the fact so it's reckless almost all of my actions are reckless and I I, I assume I'm quick enough to to figure it out on the fly yeah that's that's a trip man that, that is a trip I think part of that probably comes from you know evolutionary there's an evolutionary advantage to that. There's always time to say, well, if I go here and do that and go that, and the, the, the lion may not get me. You just gotta act. You just gotta throw the spear or get the fuck out of there, right? And once you're once you're safe, you don't even have to think of a theory as to why you ran away. So I think for for hundreds of thousands of years, uh, a species resembling us, if not Homo sapiens sapiens, just trying to stay alive, you know. And we haven't quite outgrown a lot of that. You know, we're still just horny as fuck all the time, most of us. We just want to impregnate everything around us, and, and yeah. So it's 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 yeah. That's 
That's that, that that's interesting, and I, I was doing this for a while. Is is trying to to be aware, and you you kind of taught me how how to do this, or ex- told me about it. Is sort of viewing yourself, observing yourself, uh, observing yourself, or whatever, watching you do stuff, as opposed to just being there and doing it. Really stop after every couple seconds to go. Okay, where am I at now? What's driving this? What's motivating this? Is this only my ego? Is this my? Am I trying to look tough? Am I? Is it sexuality? It's it's a it's a it's a it's really takes a lot of time. It's like you could go fucking crazy Sorry. doing that. Yeah, yeah. But it's but when I did do it, I was I was fucking in, I was amazed at how much I was doing it was just like uh, gorilla ape nonsense. It was just like I'm I, I'm tougher than you. I'm, I'm better than you. Uh, I did that faster. I know more about that. You know. Oh, good for you. You got that. I'm really jealous right now. It's like everything was like so primitive. It was like base emotions, ninety percent of it. And, and even the greatest intellectuals on the planet, or, or, or the most spiritually evolved people, you still see elements of that. Like that's that's who we are. We are apes, and and yeah, we're African apes. You see it in the Dalai Lama? Not so much in him. Certainly, it was a spectrum, I think, but. There was a couple quotes he had, and I read them, and I thought, well, I don't know the context, so I shouldn't judge. But I'm like, yeah, okay. He sounds pretty human to me in those in those uh, comments. But he might be the first to admit that he's human. You know, I don't know what he's all about. I think he's got a much better chance at, at doing stuff and being aware of why he's doing it and not going in for the wrong reasons than most of us do. Certainly I do, more than I do. Yes. Uh, really quick, are you okay for one more thing? My, I got into this argument with this gentleman online, and it started off. Uh, he made a comment about uh, it was like an Elton John, Rod Stewart video, and they did a duet, and uh, I love them both. Uh, and his comment was, "I love seeing a gay guy and a straight guy come together and make music." And I said, half jokingly, half serious, uh, "Rod's is about Rod's as straight as a roundabout," <laughs> and he like. It, then it, he instantly got mean with me. He got so like he got more pers- pussy than you ever hoped to get, faggot. And I'm like, and I said like, well, being a faggot, I actually don't hope to get a lot of pussy. So I bet he did. And then he couldn't leave it at that because that maybe that was kind of like fuck you too back or something. Like I can be more clever than that. So then he comes back with something, and then it almost it almost became civil. It was almost civil for a second, and then it so quickly turned into. Well, everything I've heard about queers are true. You little Nancy, this and that, and you, you, you faggot, whiny, bitchy, and it was it got so personal so fast, and it escalated for uh, almost three days. For two days, it went on. I know for two days it went on back and forth. Like, like what am I doing? Like, I, I was constantly feeling ridiculous for even doing this. Like, here's a couple of losers with nothing better to do than to argue online with someone. But it, like, it got personal. It went back and forth, and every now and then there'd be a little bit of a seriousness to it. Like. We were really trying to argue certain points, and and not to say I won the argument, but this guy was incredibly uneducated, and he was incredibly uh, inarticulate, unarticulate. Whoops. <laughs> um, he wasn't. He was. I mean, like you know, I'm no genius, but this guy was certainly not a very intelligent person. Like he, he had he pr- had terrible problems with punctuation and spelling and, and keeping on on. You know, I, I understand why it devolved so quickly after his first couple of arguments didn't work. He was like, well, then fuck you, faggot. At least I don't like, you know, at least I don't like penis, you faggot. And fair enough. And I actually liked that part of him better because it was, that made sense when he was insulting me. 
his his arguments didn't make any sense, but I liked it when he was told to me. This goes back for two. This goes back and forth for two days, and finally on the the night of the second day or the morning of the third day, I said, "Hey, dude, here's who I am," and I gave him a fucking ridiculously like an essay, like a, a page of my life and what I've done and what I'm doing, what I stand for, what I believe in, and uh, and he didn't say anything else after that. He stopped. And I wished him well. I said, I said, and blah, 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 I wish you well. And I think him not replying was the closest he could get to a truce or a high five or something. You know? Um, I don't know why I told you that. I just thought it was, it was, it was, it was, it was cute. You know, it was beautiful. It was a real example of a gay and straight guy coming together to make music for a second. <laughs> Although it didn't, didn't, it didn't go that well or whatever, but it, it ended decently. Like, I don't know. I, I thought there was something cool. I thought it related to his original comment somehow. Um, that we happened to both be, you know, the two characters in his comment. A gay guy and a straight guy came together to me. I don't know. I thought it was remarkable for some reason. Maybe it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Call it a day. It's a For you. It's a Not me. It's a beautiful world. It's a beautiful world. It's a beautiful world.